0: Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of April 5th, 2022. And this is officially episode number 510. And this is your host, Dr. Brian D. Parsons. And we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at ParanormalKing.com. And yes, April 5th. I did take last week off. Uh, I think I did like 8, 10, 10 episodes in a row and uh, kind of battled through a little bit of a flu kind of thing and my voice wasn't quite there so kind of needed a little week for recuperation and now it's uh, completely different if I look back uh, two weeks ago we were had uh, three four inches of snow on the ground and today uh, it was in the 60s here Fahrenheit and uh, really just a beautiful day it was outside and getting some uh, get my patio set up for the summertime already. It's, it's just weird how the weather can change in just a matter of a couple of weeks. Granted, it's Ohio. We're probably going to get uh, probably one more snow blast, I'm sure, before it's all said and done. And uh, baseball's around the corner. For those of you who partake in that, uh, I'm sure some people are still in basketball mode, which is uh, near the, the end, uh, as is hockey and everything else. Uh, winter-related, and uh, of course here in Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio area, we're always talking football, and of course that's a disaster That uh, that's for a whole different show. Uh, but we're also in a weird time of the year. Uh, one of my favorites as uh, far as uh, the paranormal goes, and it's uh, never anything I enjoyed as a kid, but I, I enjoy the twist of, uh, do I say irony? I guess the irony of April 1st. And of course, yes, April 1st is April Fool's Day. And it's a time for hijinks. It's a time for hoaxes. It's a time for pranks. And you'll see a lot of that uh, affecting the paranormal. Bigfoot's always a big target. Uh, every year there's some sort of Bigfoot story. Kind of a a. I don't want to say a letdown this year, uh, but not a whole lot about Bigfoot, except for one story that we'll talk about tonight that was near and dear to me personally, on a personal level, but just, uh, I don't know, I I think we've taken a little bit of time off from April Fool's Day. 2020, there was really not much, a little bit of a warm-up last year. People were testing the water, uh, you know, with the seriousness of uh, COVID-19, and Just kind of testing the waters last year. It wasn't a whole lot of stuff. Uh, But this year it seemed like it's uh, almost back to normal. But we have a few stories that were affected by April Fool's Day. And we're going to actually... Well, we're going to jump right in. No other fluff tonight. We're going to jump right in with both feet. And we're going to go to our, our favorite creature and not really our favorite creature but uh one of my kind of favorite uh paranormal topics here in the cryptid arena and that of course your favorite the loch ness monster so why do i like the loch ness monster granted it's one of the probably uh, top two most talked about granted bigfoot is uh, worldwide universal but unless you're in the united kingdom Loch Ness Monster is king or queen, but uh, despite all the scientific evidence pointing away from that being a possibility, people still talk about it. They still believe in it. It still sells newspapers. It still sells advertisements, and as long as that happens, as long as people want to read about it, they're going to continue to put it in uh, newspapers or at least online Newspapers. Nobody reads newspapers anymore, I I don't think. And with that, culturally, it'll continue forever. And, you know, we've talked about the Otego DNA analysis of Loch Ness, where they went throughout the lock at various depths uh, around the lock, pulling out water samples and analyzing DNA and did not find anything. That would suggest a large creature is swimming in the lock, uh, But the story, unfortunately, focused on uh, an eel. So people think there's a giant eel. That is uh, about, you know, does explain that, but that's really not logical. Um, but again, didn't prove anything was there. And, uh, we have had all sorts of different scientific uh, analysis. On that and regardless people want to believe they want something like this to exist and the scientific dismissal of this creature is never enough to get rid of this so but uh, sometimes we go months without seeing the Loch Ness monster people get a little worried a few years ago uh, we had a story on here that uh, a lot of experts thought that the Loch Ness monster had died. Or moved away. Um, but that wasn't the case. Because a few months later. Boom. There they were. Uh, siding after siding after siding. And we're in a little bit of a rut right now. With Loch Ness Monster sightings. Uh, there uh, hasn't been one in about five months. Maybe a little longer than five months. But now. Not only has uh, one been. Uh, recorded as a sighting, But there's controversy surrounding it. Which we really haven't had that in a while. Uh, People arguing over a Loch Ness monster sighting, whether it's legit or not. And of course, uh, you know, I took a little time off last week and that's when all this unfolded. So back on March uh, 23rd, uh, the first official Loch Ness monster sighting of 2022 occurred. Sort of, if you want to call it that. Uh, Long-time Loch Ness Monster researcher, Ian O'Fadigan, who I think he would call himself a Loch Ness Monster expert. Uh, There's quite a few. We'll hear from another one here in a second. Uh, Ian O'Fadigan, and he is uh, probably, uh, when you look at the Loch Ness Monster sightings register, which is the official listing of the uh, official, you don't see my finger quotes because I don't have video, uh, but I got the finger quotes going in the air Uh, Official Loch Ness Monster sightings. And Gary Campbell. He's the judge, jury. And uh, I guess executioner on. Whether or not. These are legitimate sightings. And apparently he does discount some. uh, Some that do have logical. Explanations. He will not include them into the register. So he doesn't take every single claim. Which is good. Uh, Makes me sleep better at night knowing that. But. uh, Ian O'Fadigan. Uh, Sees uh, the Loch Ness Monster more than anybody it seems And he claims to have captured webcam footage of two dark shapes on the loch This changes everything Did the Loch Ness Monster have a baby? What's going on? Why is there two dark shapes? Maybe it's uh, humps in the water Maybe we're going back to that shape of a creature I, I think we are ever since that eel story Um Ian uh, probably, again, probably holds the record for the most sightings of Nessie in the official Loch Ness Monster sightings register. Uh, His sighting occurred on, again, March 23rd at 3.26 p.m., and this was on the Loch Ness Monster webcam, uh, which, uh, you know, I've talked about uh, quite a bit here, and it's uh, probably... Uh, the worst quality camera I have ever seen on a webcam. And it's really hard to get a good webcam that you're going to have outside, especially in the Scottish hillsides. And it's uh, put in view for the largest view, or I should say the widest view of that part of uh, Loch Ness, which, you know, it's pretty long. It's a narrow stretch of water. It's, it's uh, almost like a big river. Versus a lake in its appearance Uh, So they're trying to get a a wide swath of this water But doing so it's way up on a hill And it looks like it's uh, 10 miles away from the water It uh, looks like it's uh, You know they joke about a potato Being a camera It looks like it's inside of a potato uh, Smeared with a whole entire bottle Of Vaseline It's really hard to see anything I, I, I watch it but I squint I walk across the room and say, you can't look close at the camera. You have to, you know, my monitor's on the other side of the room, and um, I still can't see any. I, I just don't see what people see here. It's very ambiguous, uh, basically. Uh, but Ian somehow, some way, is able to analyze what he sees on the webcam. Uh, he did see wake-like movement of two objects That were moving parallel to each other. At a distance of about 150 yards. I don't know how he figures that out. But uh, well he's the expert. Uh, He said the shapes were visible. For one minute and 44 seconds. Before they disappeared. Followed by one of the shapes reappearing. For another minute and a half. And that uh, went into the register. As the first sighting. Everyone's excited. Case closed. But um, not exactly. Uh, on March thirty first, it was reported that offshore catering manager Richie Cameron and his friend Stephen Noble, who are both forty five years old, uh, Stephen Noble is a an industrial cleaner. This is weird. Uh, well, speaking of a cleaner, they both came clean about uh, more than likely being responsible for. Ian O'Fatigan's webcam sighting. Well, how is that possible? Well, the pair operate the Extreme Paddleboarding Scotland social media website. I mean, how extreme is paddleboarding? You stand on top of a board. Well, what else you can do? It's not like you can go 100 miles an hour. It's not like you're going to fly. You're standing on a you're standing on a board with with a paddle. I don't know. Extreme Paddleboarding Scotland. I guess it doesn't take much in Scotland. Um, so they were in the area of uh, paddleboarding, extremely, at the uh, time and date in question. And they've got photos to prove it. Um, but all you got to do is go to their website. They're on uh, Facebook, and you can see them. Well, the website has plenty of photos of the uh, Dynamic Duo near... Urquhart Castle uh, on the day. And again, near the time of the sighting. And they even describe how they were parallel to each other just as described. So taken out of the history books. Uh, It's pretty rare that we get a Loch Ness Monster sighting uh, put into the register and then yanked out. A lot of times you don't even hear about these stories where people will make a claim And the story never makes it in there, but this one was uh, put in there and then pulled out. Um, And, of course, uh, you know, the newspaper always wants to, uh, uh, they want, uh, you know, to hear everybody's side of it. So, of course, uh, you know, already hearing about Ian Fadigan's citing his description of what he saw, I mean, to me— It's more than logical. It it probably, that's exactly uh, probably what he saw on that webcam. It's not like you could zoom in. You can't, uh, uh, there's no way to really see anything other than uh, pretty much blurriness on the uh, webcam. But uh, they reached out uh, to uh, uh, the Inverness Courier, reached out to O'Fadigan, who was uh, pretty much, uh, he told him, no, that's not what he saw. He was very adamant that his footage was not borders. Well, I don't know how you prove it. I mean, the burden of proof is on him. But if these two were in the area at the time, uh, the exact same kind of uh, formation at the time, they got photos to prove it with timestamps. Sorry, Ian, I don't know what you want us to say, but... Uh, you're not in the books for this one. I mean, you got plenty of sightings. He had like, I think he had like five last year. Uh, but in 2021, uh, Gary Campbell, who again is the owner of the Loch Ness Monster Sightings Register. He actually separated the Loch Ness Monster sightings between uh, the webcam and the actual in-person views. Which is great because, again, the webcam is horrible. It's horrible. Um and if you, uh, there's another story that came out. So Steve Feltham, who is uh, another so-called expert on the, uh, the Loch Ness Monster, he, he pretty much said uh, the uh, images from the live webcam can't be considered evidence at all because that quality is absolutely horrible. Uh, he says it's uh, so poor that at best it could be used to determine whether it's night or day, and that's about it. Uh, I totally agree with them. It's uh, horrible. Uh, there's uh, really no focus on anything. And I've seen, I've watched it where the sunlight hits, uh, like uh, spider webs or raindrops or raindrops on spider webs. It creates all kinds of weird images, and you just really can't tell what you're looking at. There's no way to see uh, if it's a duck or it's a deer swimming across the lock, which actually happens on occasion. You you can't tell what you're looking at. Even boats are kind of hard to see what you're looking at. So, it's yeah, I just don't think the webcam is worth anything, but uh, I do appreciate the fact that he did separate those two. And we've had some interesting uh, webcam sightings, and some of these have happened from other countries, as we talked about last year, uh, which is interesting. I don't have the kind, I wish I had the kind of time just to sit around and stare at the webcam for the Loch Ness Monster, but uh, a little more pressing things to do. Uh, But now, what do we do now? Now there's, uh, again, no Loch Ness Monster sighting. Whoa, wait a minute. Cancel that. Uh, A week after the paddleboarders were out there, were on the lock, uh, somebody did actually see the Loch Ness Monster. Producer and documentary filmmaker Warren Speed, sounds made up, and his uh, colleague Jamie Huntley were in the area conducting research when they had their own sighting. Uh, a real live sighting, not through a webcam. Uh, the event occurred at 11.18 a.m. As Speed described, saying, quote, We were just pulling up to the Balskine burial grounds. And I saw something like a very large upturned boat out of the corner of my eye. Then Jamie shouted, stop. He saw it fully and said it was a hump like a very dark whale. A five meter long and two meter high. By the time I stopped the car a few meters later, trees were covered, trees were covering our view. I quickly reversed. Jamie jumped out, but all he got on his phone camera were very large circular ripples. If I had arrived literally 10 seconds earlier, we would have caught this on camera. We were both absolutely gutted, but in another way, amazed, unquote. Um, So they saw it. They think they saw it. They're not sure they saw it. But uh, they did get, well, a picture of something. And that's going into the record books. Uh, To me, uh, I don't know. It's almost the same as a webcam signing. You don't have anything to really show for it. But anyway, uh, Huntley uh, commented, he said, quote, I had my phone out and took pictures of the ripple in the water, expanding from the point the object or creature disappeared down. The object or creature was reflecting the water, so it so looked wet, almost like a whale skin crossed with a fish skin. It was dark in color, darker than the water surrounding it. There were dark, grays, black, browns in color. It almost looked like how a whale hump might look breaking the surface, minus the fin. There was also a definite movement, but did not see too much of the movement before trees obscured it. Now, it was a very big size, at least 15 foot long, maybe bigger, around the middle of the lock. There was a small speedboat that came up the lock after my setting, but wasn't anywhere near the spot I saw the object or creature. But wouldn't be surprised if they had seen a two in the distance as they started circling around the area. Using their speedboat as a reference, it was much larger than the boat. As an estimate, I'd say the object was around seven feet high out of the water. Unquote. Uh, That's exciting. For, you know, his description. How they got all that out of the corners of their eyes, but... Um, that's a pretty big creature, if that's exactly, uh, what they saw. Um, so in the, uh, I thought I had it saved. Um, where's the picture? Well, they did have, well, here's the, uh, I thought I had the ripple of the water, but I do have a drawing that he did. And, uh. Oh, no, here it is. So I'll do uh, – in the chat room, I've got a picture of uh, – the top is the ripple that he took a picture of. And on the bottom is a drawing that he, that he uh, drew. It's a pretty good drawing, I suppose, uh, with a guesstimate of seven foot out of the water at 15 foot wide. I mean, that would be huge. That would be bigger than a whale. Uh, at that distance, if you're estimating that. And I'm not so sure about the color. Uh, at that distance, you're probably just seeing a reflection of water. And the, the way the lock is, uh, that water is, uh, that's the bluest I've ever seen in loch nests. Usually that water is uh, very, very dark uh, because of the, uh, the peat moss and the surrounding hills. Drains into the lock. That water is super dark. It's not filthy water. It's just uh, dark with sediment uh, with peat, uh, peat Moss, not Pete, a guy named Pete. Uh, but yeah, Pete makes the water dark and usually it's not that blue, which kind of threw me off when I saw it. But uh, you're going to get weird reflections and the way it's uh, built, it's not really built, I guess the way it is. Uh, Very steep hillsides, again, a very long, thin body of water. Uh, The wind can play a lot of tricks. Uh, I've seen a lot of videos of people taking uh, uh, videos of the lock, and you, you can see the wind just randomly making these strange shapes in the water. And you also get water moving back and forth. Uh, a seash, kind of like your bathtub, those of you that take baths and push the water around, you know, hits one side, comes back and goes back and forth, will create ripples in the water as well. Uh, I'm not sure what that is. Could, could have been anything. Could be a school of fish under the water as well. But uh, for them to describe something coming out of the water, well, that's something totally different. Uh, but again, that burden of proof is on them to prove it. Uh, gather evidence of, to support a giant, super giant creature. I mean, that's pretty big. Uh, so I took the, uh, there's the drawing. It's a little bit bigger. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that's scary. Whatever that could be. Ginormous animal under the water. Um... So what were these two doing? So they were a documentary filmmaker and uh, his uh, research partner. Well, they're in town, of course, researching the Loch Ness Monster, but also UFO sightings in the area, uh, as well as the life and times and, of course, mysteries surrounding the infamous occultist, Aleister Crowley, who uh, used to live along the loch. I don't know. Uh, maybe they're uh, just trying to get their name out for it. It's kind of early if you haven't started filming it yet, but I don't know. It's it's always kind of questionable when you have people who are putting together something they're going to make money from who make a report like this. But, uh, ah, you know, again, it's uh, the burden of proof is on them to uh, validate their signing. But, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt to. To report it. Uh, They're excited. They saw something. But. um, Yeah. All you got is a little puddle of water there. So. We shall see. But uh, wasn't paddle borders, That's for sure. And as far as. uh, Loch Ness Monster is uh, concerned. We'll see. It's uh, probably getting warmer out there. Um. And I'm sure we're going to have our stories. We'll we'll have a hoax or three this year coming out of Loch Ness. And speaking of hoaxes, let's go to the Bigfoot world where that never happens. Uh, Plenty of Bigfoot material floating around the last few weeks. I've seen some videos. Uh, There was this one. These guys were, I forget what state it was, driving around in this little uh, off-road vehicle. And suddenly the camera pans after... You know, a few minutes of driving, and you're looking through a a bug-covered windshield, and the the camera turns toward the driver, but then aims directly out of the window. Just in time to capture, looks like a guy running in a big food suit. You can kind of see white socks on his feet coming through the the costume, and uh, yeah, just horrible. But, uh, you know, they swear up and down, no, that's, that's, we didn't fake it. Sure um, A lot of other Bigfoot stuff out there uh, And This one uh, The story that I'm going to talk about Is uh, On the uh, The History Channel It's not a TV show We've talked about On this uh, show before uh, Called The Proof is Out There And this episode I don't know what If this show is done for the year Or what uh, But The uh, Last episode was uh, back on March 4th of this year. It was titled Ancient Alien Carvings and Bigfoot Shrooms was the name of the, the uh, episode uh, back on March 4th. They haven't had one since, so don't know if they're wrapped up for the year. I would think it was like the 20, 26th episode or something like that. So it's been a long season. The first season was only 10 episodes. Uh, so we'll see if that's going to continue on or not. So I, I, I don't really watch. I don't wait for it. You know, it doesn't pop on uh, History, the History app. Do have History Plus? Yeah, probably not. No, yeah, they probably do. They all do have their plus. Should be a dollar sign instead of a plus sign. I don't know. That's just me. Uh, but the proof is out there. Not something I watch constantly, but I do Catch clips like this one on YouTube every now and again or a story when something controversial comes out. Of course, we talked about uh, back in uh, – gosh, what was that about the uh, – uh, Patterson-Gimlin film. It was uh, earlier in this uh, second season, I believe, that they talked about. A very good episode. Watched that entire one. I think I've only watched one other one. Uh, but anyway – uh, there was a video uploaded t- to YouTube, courtesy of the History Channel, of this episode, of this uh, particular segment. I don't know what they cut out. If there's only two stars. I think there was three stories, but they only had Ancient Alien Carvings and Bigfoot Shrooms as the title. But I think there was three, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but only a five-minute clip of the Bigfoot Shroom segment uh, it was uh, uploaded to YouTube on April 2nd. And this is uh, a mushroom hunter in northern Illinois. He's on the prowl for some mushrooms. And he's uh, kind of uh, doing a little dialogue as his camera's panning around the forest floor. He sees uh, different kinds of mushrooms attached to trees. And then he shows one that appears that has a bite taken out of it. And suddenly, as uh, host Tony Harris describes... A loud and drawn-out screaming howl comes from the woods around the man. And uh, it's really a very comical sound. It doesn't actually sound real at all for anyone who uh, listens to uh, any of these videos or has ever actually been out in the woods before. doesn't sound real uh, to me. Uh, and I actually laughed out loud, which that uh, phrase is used quite a bit. I laughed out loud LOL Uh, But I did I I laughed When I heard this I had to stop the video And go back Uh, Just as the scream Was made uh, The guy's filming And he pans up And he basically goes Huh? Like that's not a normal reaction Huh? To a, a A loud Scream like that That would fill the forest I would probably have a few expletives, even though, you know, I'm not afraid to be out in the woods by myself. I do it quite frequently. It doesn't bother me at all. But uh, anything which that like that would startle you, I don't think you're just going to say, huh? Especially when you're in the woods uh, talking to yourself. Uh, very less than convincing. Uh, even less convincing, again, was that sound that re- he purportedly recorded during his mushroom-hunting jaunt. Uh, the sound, while extremely loud, it sounded very close, but uh, didn't fit in the landscape. I don't know how to explain it. It just sounded uh, hollow, I guess, is how it was described in this episode. Just, uh, it didn't fit the landscape, if that makes sense. Uh, it just, there was no echo. It sounded flat, and it had a kind of a mechanical sound to it. Uh, the video itself was made in May of 2015. And watching this uh, five-minute clip on the history... T- Tony Harris is great to watch. He's just so he's just so into it. While the proof is out there. <laughs> but uh, they brought in all these experts. It's the only part of the show I can't stand where they're dismissing different things that are pretty obvious. Uh, but I guess the average viewer may not you know, have as much um, experience in this stuff as some of us watching. But um, they bring in all these experts. uh, They say, well, it can't be a bear because uh, bears don't have a long, drawn-out cry. It's really just a a quick grunt. Uh, Couldn't have been a coyote. could have been a wolf. Couldn't have been a fox. Might have been a dog. Because, yeah, dogs sound just like that. Um, But again, yeah, probably not. Uh, No other animal, and they couldn't figure it out, doesn't fit any sort of pattern of any animal. So they turned the sound over to uh, an expert sound ecologist, whatever that is, uh, a sound ecologist uh, named Ben Gottesman. And Gottesman evaluated the sound, uh, saying it sounds, again, hollow and muffled and doesn't fit the open forest, which uh, I totally agreed with. And again, I think they chopped this up for YouTube. I don't think this is uh, the entire, you know, entire segment of the episode just being five minutes long. And he quickly says he went digging for sound effects and found a perfect match from a show about dinosaurs. So then he plays the clip and lo and behold, it's the same sound. So this guy uh, hoaxed. But uh, I don't remember that coming out. I don't remember hearing that one back in 2015. But apparently it was big enough to make the show so wonderful. And uh, hoax galore for Bigfoot. No, that wasn't on April Fool's Day. That was way back on March 4th. Uh, But it was uploaded a day after April Fool's Day for the episode. Uh, and uh, you know we started talking about April Fool's Day And of course April 1st On Friday which um, It's kind of rough when it's in the middle of the week Or I should say at the book end of the week I remember a few years ago It was in the middle I think it was on a Wednesday And all heck broke loose with different stories And people were confused the entire week uh, Again Fun filled pranks Stories that are obviously not real, but sometimes there are stories that uh, people are not sure. Those are the ones I can't stand. I, I, I'm i fine with the story being so outlandish that you know it's not true. I'll get a kick out of that. I, I think it's fine. Uh, there's always a ton of products that are introduced that are just absolutely silly. And uh, announcements that are just too outrageous to be true. Uh, LeBron James said he was... Uh, quitting for the year and um saw some other like baseball players say that they were going back to their old teams brandon phillips old he used to play for the cleveland indians uh went to the reds Uh, he made said he was coming back to the reds but he's not he's too old um but uh, sometimes these, again, these stories are sometimes just a little questionable. You're not sure, are they trying to hoax? Or are they not trying to hoax? Could this be real? Um, sometimes they're truly meant to fool people, though, which, yeah. eh, it's a little crazy. And sometimes it's irresponsible, I think, with some of these companies. Um, was it uh, Taco Bell? Look at what year it was. Uh, Taco Bell uh, announced they bought the Liberty Bell. And I I believe that one was on the middle of the week. And people lost their minds. They thought that was a real story. Uh, People were calling different organizations. They were calling newspapers. And, uh, you know, everybody's got an opinion. And theirs was right. And they said that that this is un-American. They shouldn't be able to do this. And, of course, it was all just an April Fool's Day joke. It took... uh, a lot of people too seriously. But uh, luckily, uh, most of the fooling with April Fool's Day happens around fake products. Uh, this year, uh, some of the, the coolest ones that I saw were uh, Omaha Steaks. You see this one, Omaha Steaks? They tweeted out. Uh, I was on Twitter all day just because I knew. It's uh, two times of the year. and eh, maybe not two times of the year, at least two times of the year. I'm on Twitter refreshing every five seconds. It's April Fool's Day, and it's uh, the trade deadline for baseball, July 31st. That's usually the two days I'm on Twitter. My thumb aches. Uh, But uh, Omaha Steaks, they had the Meat Sweats. Yes, the Meat Sweats well-marbled roll-on perspirant. With powerful 24 hour protection available in three cents. Original beef, lighter fluid, and mesquite. I don't know, that uh, mesquite would be pretty cool, I think. Not the lighter fluid, definitely not the lighter fluid. Uh, Yingling Brewery, which is uh, Pennsylvania beer, well, they introduced uh, Lager, a line of beer scented. Shampoo, conditioner, and body wash. I'm not sure that's a good idea. Uh, You're going to be doing the ABCs quite a bit if you get caught uh, weaving in your lane. Um, What was it? Uh, There was uh, Lipsicles, the Popsicle, the company that makes the Popsicles. Uh, They were uh, flavored Popsicles with Vaseline designed to make your Lips better. Some people would probably believe that. A Krispy Kreme introduced a fresh vanilla cream scented perfume in a ring-shaped bottle, which, uh, again, I think people would want that. Uh, Of course, fake stories are also a thing. It's not just the products. Um, And again, uh, you know, I talked about baseball. They had an announcement, too, on April 1st. Uh, Their statement, uh, they said that umpires would announce plays that were under review, and a lot of people were doubting that. They thought it was an April Fool's Day joke made by baseball, but uh, unfortunately, it's true. It's going to be awkward, although other sports do it already, so they should get with the times. Uh, I saw a few tweets, uh, even one from Twitter itself, that said it was working on an edit button, which would be great. Then Elon Musk uh, responded. So he's a major stakeholder in Twitter. He said, uh, you want it? I can do it. I can make it happen. Uh, The National Park Service proposed to uh, rotate the Lincoln Memorial 180 degrees. That was one of my favorites. I got a chuckle. As part of a preservation project. So now we get to see the back of Abraham Lincoln for a time. It's not true, though. It's not true. They're not doing it. Uh, There are uh, generally a lot of local stories as well, so it's not always a a nationwide thing. And uh, with Washington, D.C., they also announced that uh, Dulles Airport, uh, they announced nonstop flights to the moon later this month. Obviously not true, but a a cute little gimmick, and uh, locally, of course. And here in Ohio... I was uh, very excited to uh, see a Bigfoot story, which was uh, spoiled, obviously, for being April Fool's Day. And uh, it was an obvious April Fool's joke. But uh, I was excited to see it was a, a local outdoor music venue called Blossom Music Center. And uh, you might remember, if you're a fan of the show, uh, we did a story about Ricky Rocket. Who is a YouTube channel, and he talked about Bigfoot. Uh, very, he did a really, really good job. I was, uh, you know, a, a big fan of of his and the band that he is a part of called Poison, which is an '80s hair band. You might have heard of Brett Michaels, who's the uh, lead singer of that. He's been uh, obviously the front man. He's uh, pretty famous himself. Uh, been on a lot of TV shows. Uh, one of my earliest favorite hair bands of that mid-late 80s genre of music. And Ricky Rocket being the drummer. Uh, but he did a, it was a really good video on Bigfoot. I watched a couple of his other videos on different topics. He uh, does an excellent job uh, with that. And uh, Poison was one of the first concerts that I remember going to at uh, Blossom. And that would have been way back, way, way, way back. Uh, Probably 1986 or 87. I don't have the t-shirt anymore to prove it. I might have that ticket stub somewhere. Uh, Anyway, enough reminiscing. Uh, Blossom Music Center released a YouTube video with a Bigfoot lurking around the outdoor facility. Uh, So Blossom is uh, mostly, I'm going to say mostly, it's probably almost half and half, uh, There's a large grassy hill that you can sit on and you can watch. Or you can sit in the pavilion, which is covered, uh, but you're still outdoors. And uh, I've seen a lot of bands there, a lot of music over the years. Gosh, I don't thinking about it. All sorts of genres of music that I've seen there, from uh, Steve Miller band to Dave Matthews band to um, a few hard rock bands over the years. Uh, but uh, it, was, uh, it was obvious. It wasn't, they didn't try to fool you. Uh, it was obviously somebody in the costume, but it was very entertaining the way they filmed it. And they had, uh, you would see the Bigfoot, and then they would stop the video, and uh, a little red circle would go around it in case you didn't see it. They also had a red arrow in one scene in case you couldn't tell where the Bigfoot was. Pretty obvious, uh, but it was pretty cute. Uh, what the creature was, or I should say the guy in the suit was. And it was all in fun and a very smart way for them to advertise the Cleveland Orchestra, which uh, had their tickets go on sale yesterday, April 4th for the summertime, which is another great thing about that, was uh, talking about the summer. And uh, again, that's a local story for me. Uh, Really the only big Bigfoot Hoax or prank dealing with April Fool's Day. Usually there's a, a bunch. But um, yeah, I didn't see too much out there of the big guy. The um, uh, Blossom Music Center is in Cuyahoga Falls, which is uh, just north of Akron. And I'm just north of that. It's uh, actually 14 miles away from where the Kenmore Grassman was sighted back in 1995, and uh, Kenmore is about uh, 40 miles. Uh, well, you go 40 miles southeast of those areas is where uh, Minerva is. Minerva is home to the Minerva Monster, which is also a Bigfoot-like creature seen back in 1978. And uh, Blossom is a 16-mile drive. From where I'm sitting right now And it's uh, I think five miles away From where I bought my motorcycle As well So very close So pretty cool Uh, Nice clean story That's obvious fake They didn't try to fool you Very good Um, April Fool's Day Is also A big time for UFO hoaxes And sometimes uh, people just want to fool UFO researchers. But mostly it's just uh, to to generate a little bit of panic, I think, with people who believe in it or get a story out there. I mean, there's always a UFO story. Uh, Generally, hoaxes are always in the news feed somewhere. Somebody believing in something uh, that's uh, obviously not true or just a made-up story. Uh, but April Fool's is when the general public, everybody, wants to uh, fool somebody with uh, that topic in hand. But uh, again, I didn't see all, really a whole lot, but it could have gotten really bad. Uh, it actually may still get bad. We haven't heard anything yet. Kind of keeping an eye on things, and I'll tell you why. Um, British UFO researcher and author... Nigel Watson uh, might have successfully thwarted an attempt by an online group to organize a fake UFO invasion spread over multiple cities worldwide at the same exact time. Uh, The plan was hatched on an online forum that uh, when it uh, during that discussion, it was private. So people couldn't join it, although. Uh, Watson had joined the forum when it was publicly accessible. Uh, He states the plan was for remote-controlled hobbyists to put LED lights on their drones and fly them over major cities all over the world at the same time in order to induce a bit of panic. And hopefully uh, they coordinate that by, um, you know, different uh, time zones. And, of course, if, um, you know, all those were seen and social media picked it up, I'm sure somebody somewhere would put all that together and people would just absolutely lose their minds. Uh, in all 30, 30 different drone hobby groups became involved from the United States, the UK, France, South Africa, and the Netherlands Uh, The original plan was to launch this worldwide attack on April 1st, uh, but then organizers kind of wanted to take this to the next level. And that's usually when things fall apart. Always stick with your original plan when uh, trying to perpetrate a hoax. uh, Organizers changed the date to April 5th to keep it from being an obvious hoax since uh, people are most skeptical on April Fool's Day, which is... It's always my uh, it's always my speech I give every year is and you know, if we were half as critical of these stories every day of the year we wouldn't uh, I probably would be out of a job here I wouldn't have the show but uh, we need to be more critical especially of these paranormal stories and obviously you know regular everyday news is news but it's always twisted. To fit a a means or a belief or something. But yeah, these paranormal stories, we should be more skeptical. But again, they sell advertising slots. And that's really the bottom line. Nobody really cares if they're real or not. Especially in the, I should say in the media, they don't care if it's real or not. So they just uh, will pump stuff out. They don't care. They don't uh, do the legwork to validate or invalidate or find out if it's true. They just print what happened, uh, which is irresponsible. I don't think that's real journalism. Journalism to me is um, doing research behind the story for validation so that what is happening is truly is what happening is what is happening. Um, You know, and if we were critical Not dismissive or doubtful, but at least critical of the news. We could uh, get rid of a a good chunk of this paranormal stuff that comes out. And I wouldn't have to explain all this to you that uh, this is not real and that's not real. We can concentrate on uh, what is pertinent for the news. But uh, April Fool's Day, always fun because of all the silly stuff. And you, you don't have to worry about whether or not... It's real or not because usually it's pretty obvious It's fake but uh, And the sneaky thing is If somebody does something in Europe They can do it uh, Earlier uh, For us could be before Midnight so we might Be confused because over there uh, Hits April Fool's Day before over Here in the United States And uh, They always try to pull pranks early Sometimes uh, we had quite a few The afternoon yesterday, or yesterday, I don't mean yesterday, Friday, April 1st, uh, it was all during the day, all day long. Uh, April Fool's Day pretty much winds down in the afternoon, evening, but it doesn't matter. Uh, There were people putting out tweets uh, at 8, 9 o'clock at night on April 1st. So, uh, I don't know. There's no no time frame for that. Uh, Just as long as you do something stupid. On April 1st, I didn't get around to it. I was going to say I was going to run for Ohio governor, but I forgot to tweet that out. But uh, anyway, um, back to this uh, drone situation Uh, may still happen. Who knows? Maybe it's going on right now or maybe it'll happen at uh, nine o'clock tonight. I don't know what time. There was not a whole lot of detail. I don't know. Uh, Maybe that was done by design so people didn't join in. I don't know. Uh, But uh, Watson publicly wrote about the planned hoax in order to help thwart the plans. And he was even briefly accused of being behind it. Before he he could explain, no, 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 that wasn't me. Uh, He said, quote, I don't agree with hoaxing. Nonetheless, some people have secretly conducted hoaxes to scientifically test the reactions of UFO investigators and the public, unquote. Well, I'm not sure about scientific, but uh, there have been plenty of hoaxes about UFO sightings meant to fool UFO researchers, uh, the same in pretty much every field. Uh, we I remember the drone capturing Bigfoot in the woods, and everybody bought it. Everybody thought it was real. Not everybody, but a good chunk of people thought it was real. And a few days later, they had a follow-up video where the Bigfoot turned around. and had a sign. He says, really? You believe that? And a lot of people felt silly. Um, But, uh, you know, when it comes to the general public, a lot of people don't know. They don't know what to believe. And uh, when they do see lights in the sky, they automatically believe that they're being invaded. So... Uh, you don't know. You don't know what uh, the general public will do or how people will react. Uh, you don't want people shooting, shooting at drones in major metropolitan cities, things like that. It's very irresponsible, uh, but I get it. You, know, you just want to make a name for yourself. Hopefully, all that falls apart and we don't have to uh, hear about anything. Of those sightings. And maybe. If it does happen. Even if it doesn't make the news. Maybe. Those sightings will get reported. To somebody. Maybe MUFON. Or New Fork. Or somebody. Uh, Speaking of. MUFON. MUFON recently released. The March. 2022. Sightings. Uh, They have their March 2022. Sightings. Statistic. Report statistical report. It's a mouthful uh, where they have their numbers of sightings and their total number of sightings. So, before I say that, it was uh, uh, last month was very, very disappointing. 399 that's pretty much the lowest I've seen it, uh, even for a short month like February. Uh, it's generally pretty low because it's you know, heavy cloud cover. Uh, cold, snowy throughout most of the northern hemisphere. And it's also a short month. But uh, 399 for last month or for uh, I should say February, now last month, uh, coming off of a 559 total for January, which is pretty strong. It's pretty good. Uh, it's actually yeah, probably your average to be honest. Uh, So for the month of March, I was curious, would this continue? Would it continue to drop, continue to be lower? Would it shoot back up to January numbers? Well, no, uh, not really. It uh, total was 417. So uh, a slight increase, but still pretty low, 417. So I don't have numbers for last year. They didn't really put things out last year. Uh, But to go back a couple of years to uh, 2020, and it's uh, 883. The uh, year before that, 2019, 580. Uh, We go to 2018, 640. March of 2017 was 478. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little low. So it makes you wonder. Is it UFO sightings in general, or is it the fact that maybe people aren't reporting it to MUFON, maybe somebody else, or they're just not reporting it? What's happening? Are we losing trust in MUFON? I, I don't know. I don't have that answer. But a uh, total of 417, of course, being a United States-based investigation unit, the United States has the most sightings at 338 uh, France was second with 24. United Kingdom had 19. Canada turned in nine. Mexico and Australia had three sightings apiece. Morocco, Brazil, Germany had two. And there's a bunch here uh, Croatia, Kenya, Georgia, Belgium, Dominican Republic, Norway, Costa Rica, Slovakia, Ireland, South Africa. And a a handful of other countries with uh, just one report. Uh, So of that 338 reports here in the United States, uh, 41 happened in California. Of course, uh, I say it every time, every month. California should be number one because it's number one in population. So statistically speaking... That should be the number one state with reports if reports are even. Of course, if there is a uh, a massive event happening or uh, people are reporting heavily from other states. Uh, but I think, um, I think I've only seen Florida once in first place. But California generally is always number one in these statistics. Doesn't mean there's more sightings. It's just, again... Larger amount of public, uh, people peering at the skies. And sometimes, you know, if they see a rocket, you'll get a bunch of people reporting that. Uh, Florida, number two with 25. Texas, third with 24. Uh, Pennsylvania and New York both had 17 sightings apiece. Arizona and Georgia had 16. Uh, Colorado had 13. Michigan, 12. Missouri, nine. Nevada. And North Carolina had eight. Indiana, Ohio, both had seven apiece. And kind of trickles down. Idaho, Oregon, Washington. Is that how you say that? Washington? It's an R there. Uh, Arkansas, they had, oh no, Arkansas had five. So Washington, Oregon, Idaho had six. Uh, Arkansas, Illinois, South Carolina, and Alabama, as well as Kentucky had five. Oklahoma, New Hampshire, Virginia, Connecticut, Wisconsin, and Tennessee had four. Then it uh, just goes downhill from there. Hawaii had three. That's pretty good for Hawaii because it's uh, very low in population. And I don't see Alaska on the list. Uh, anytime Alaska has more than one, that uh, real, uh, Alaska had two. So Alaska, that's pretty good. Um that per capita being the lowest state puts that way up there. We don't. I don't really do the per capita uh, anymore, but um, that's a good way to see which state actually probably had the heavier numbers of sightings. Of course, it's all very, very, very unscientific because these reports represent UFO sightings that were reported during the month of March. Uh, so somebody might have seen something back in July of 1995 and just happened to finally get around to making that report now. Or maybe they saw it earlier in the year and just finally realized, hey, there's this organization called MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, where I can put a uh, a, a sighting in on the website. So maybe they didn't know that. So... Uh, Sometimes these are delayed, sometimes these are historical, and sometimes they actually did happen in that month. So, of course, if somebody saw something on uh, February 28th and they didn't get it reported that same night, it's going to go into the next month. So it's very unscientific, uh, very difficult to uh, disseminate that we're supposed to really work on that and get all that fixed but, yeah, uh, eh, we shall see. And, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I'll keep an eye on those sighting statistics to see whether or not we get a little bit of a bump. And if, um, yeah, if we get well, more sightings. But I think uh, New Fork, which has been in the news a lot more, the National UFO Reporting Center, uh, they get their organization in the news quite a bit better than MUFON. Well, they're probably getting uh, more of the share of sightings uh, anymore. So I, I think it's kind of swayed away from them. Their time is uh, ticking, I think. But uh, still a large organization. And um, we'll see what happens in the future. That being said, uh, it's time for me to sign off. i going to head over to... Listen to the Mallard Report with Jim Mallard. And I'll be hanging out over there on his uh, his channel, his network. Mallard Report. M-A-L-L-I-R. Oh, I'm sorry. L-I-A-R-D, if I remember correctly. Yes, Mallard. Uh, so I'll be over there. And I want to thank you guys for being over here tonight. If you're listening live, if you're listening to the podcast I still appreciate you just as much. It's not any any better or any worse not to be in the chat room. I get it. We all got stuff to do. I got a lot of stuff to do. But uh, anyway, thanks for tuning in tonight. I shall see you next week. Well, at least you'll hear me next week. I don't think I'll see you, but maybe I will. Depends on who you are, I suppose. Uh, but for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck. And always keep your mind slightly ajar. And above all else, don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting.